Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. On SENSA, welcome to The Sandful Show. For Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians, the Host Plus Sandful League is just warming up. Feeling those game day vibes? Nothing beats it. Good afternoon and welcome to another Sandful Show. The Sandful is heating up, so there is plenty to chat about. My name's Damon Adams and I'm here with four-time Central's Premiership defender, Andrew Hayes, our Sandful expert, Good afternoon, Hazy. Oh, look, very generous words there, Damon. I do appreciate that. Uh, it's going to be a fantastic show. Of course, the Sandville State game coming up this weekend against WA. Coach Jade Sheedy is going to join us. Uh, Hazy, we've had the announcement of the state team come through. Uh, it's looking like a pretty sharp 23, although I will note that McGarry medalist, Nancy Patrick Wilson, is out with a shoulder injury. Yeah, Patty Wilson's out, so that's a massive blow. He is one of the informed players of the competition He's been such a good player for such a long period of time. He's had his issues with his shoulders recently and did some really, really good things at the Crows. So that's a, a big blow for them, but they run so deep. The other one as well is that uh, Rory Lehman is out. So very, very good defender who plays for the Eagles. So we'll get a very solid word from him, from Jade Sheedy. Played for a good three quarters or played on Charlie Dixon on the weekend. Did a really, really good job. Tough conditions. So that's a bit of a blow there, particularly for blokes. I mean, the worst possible thing that can happen is that you get suspended because then it's on you. But for blokes who are really keen to play state footy and you get a little hamstring injury or something the week before, yeah, that's tough to get your head around. But he's a good player, Roy Lemon. I think he's only around about 26, so he's going to get plenty more opportunities to play at this level. I, th- I think if you wound the clock back to last week, we were chatting about the fact that uh, you know a younger defender from the Eagles was going to have to stand up against the brute in Charlie Dixon, and unfortunately, he's come out with an injury from it. Mm. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's tough. Charlie was a little bit sore as well, so uh, we're not sure what's going to happen with Dixon this weekend, so it might be one for one, but um, good matchup. We thought it was probably going to be Luke Thompson, but uh, Luke Thompson went to him in the last quarter. But Liam did a sensational job. They run deep, though, uh, the Eagles, um, led by guys like Dan Menzel, all of those types of players. So they're going to have a, a healthy spate of players play over in Perth this weekend, which is nice. Let's look back on the action from last weekend. Of course, well, let's, let's start there at Alberton, where uh, Port Adelaide 7-5-47 went down to the Eagles 11-7-73. Uh, Charlie Dixon's return was quelled slightly, one goal one with 10 disposals. He probably didn't have the influence that Port fans were hoping for, but he is easing back after a long break from injury. Oh, look, he got through, which was the important thing. He kicked a nice goal from a Port Adelaide perspective. Also, the worst possible conditions oh, for a forward. It was absolutely shocking. So, I mean, he didn't 100% get through because he pulled up with a slightly sore ankle. But um, three quarters, which was a nice little injection for him for his first game in the year. Um, from a Port Adelaide perspective as well, you'd be happy with Lockie Jones. He was very good. Considering he played on Friday night as well, backed yep. it up with 24 disposals. I think we're seeing um, a Woodville West Torrens side that's really starting to find its feet. And 
we've been saying this for a couple of years now. This was going to be the big test, though. No Jack Hayes, no no James Cheetahs. You could argue they're top two or inside the top three players in the competition. How would they go? Clearly, Jade Sheedy is just an absolutely outstanding coach, and they've got a bunch of players who have just bought in to this game plan where it doesn't really matter who goes out because the next person who comes in will absolutely jump on board, will be that missing piece, and they clearly play a brand of football that's going to stack up against anyone, no matter who's doing it. It's a sign of a champion team for sure. And you said it was a difficult day for forwards, but let's note Daniel Menzel's effort of four goals won in the wet. So uh, big tick for Dan. Dan Menzel is absolutely on fire. And hopefully he can show some really good form in the West this weekend against WA. So he's back on top, I think, of the Ken Farmer medal. And, I mean, this is a bloke who could probably quite easily be playing at the AFL level. Um, so we're lucky that we get to see him in the sample. The other one I love as well is Joey Seinel, mm. 32 disposals. He's just this bloke who continues to play good, solid, consistent footy. We may not talk about him as some of, like some of the other players. We talk about Riley Knight a lot, who was missing, by the way, through health and safety protocols. But Joey Seinel now is a he's won a couple of flags, and he's also won a couple of best and fairest, and he's won a best and fairest during a premiership year. So that is as good and would be as satisfying as it gets. Uh, and he's a bloke who is the absolute glue in the middle, week in, week out. Now, the team that has it ticking along at the moment is the Adelaide Crows. Uh, they got it done 19-11-125 over the Bloods, who are struggling at the moment. 11-5-71, Josh Smithson, four goals there. Two goals each to Darcy Fogarty, Tariot Newchurch and Josh Worrell. Matty Crouch may be the big story out of the day. He was sent back. Uh, to the Sandful to find some form, and find form he did. 36 disposals, 10 clearances. Might be a short stay. Could be one and done for Matt Crouch. That's exactly uh, what they want from him. We spoke to uh, James Raleigh a couple of days ago, a couple of days ago rather, who said, look, his attitude, everything that he brought to the Sandful was spot on. He had massive impact, which was what the theme was last week. Can he have a greater impact with his touches? He did that three McGarry uh, medal votes. You'd you can almost sure. just lock him in there. For, uh, so... Big question, does he come back? Riley Thilthorpe, does he come back at Sample level? Does he go straight into the AFL? For the Bloods, um, it's been tough. We know that. They're a developing side. Hopefully, fingers crossed, next game uh, when they come back in a couple of weeks' time, they'll have Hamish Hartler back from a hamstring. Good, of course, your fingers there. We're going to be speaking to South Adelaide captain uh, Matty Rose a little bit later on in the show. South Adelaide got it done 8 nine fifty seven over Norwood at the parade, seven nine fifty one in a, another dirty day. Shocking day. At times, I was watching via the Sample live stream. At at times, it sort of looked like it was snowing. The rain was... That wasn't your internet connection? I don't think I had to double check. (laughs) That's how hard the rain was pouring down. But this was such an important game uh, for the Panthers because I I know it's early. It's only the early part of the season. You're not going to say it was season saving and all those types of things. But um, when we speak to Matt Rose, we'll ask him just how important that game was. Heading into the bye... Um, two sides desperate for a win and two sides who internally and externally are expected to do really good things, particularly the Panthers. A lot of people expecting them to finish inside the top three. It hasn't been the start that you'd expect. That was a really solid character building win. What's going on at the Bulldogs? Because a 5-7-37 loss, 98-point loss to Sturt, 2015-135. You actually got uh, asked this very question on air SENSA breakfast this week as well, Hazy. What's going on at the Bulldogs? It's tough. It's it's a development. I'm not even going to say year. It might be a development period for the Bulldogs. 
Um, look, I'm going to be nice about this because we're going to speak to James Cowens <laughs> very, very soon. I'm just, I'm just writing this, writing oh, this down. And I'm not sure that he's going to be um, as nice and filtered with what he thinks is going on at the Bulldogs. But, I mean, a 98-point loss, it is to be noted, Sturt are absolutely flying. I feel like when you play Sturt at only, automatically it gives them a three or four-goal advantage. But certainly doesn't make an excuse for a 98-point uh, loss. I've said before that their top-end talent is still as good as anyone in the competition. That's the Schillers, that's Presbury, that's Harble, that's Hosson. It's just the guys towards the bottom end, the guys selected maybe from 15 to 22, who at other sides, like Sturt, um, like Glenelg, like Woodville West Torrens, those guys um, are still really, really good players and doing really, really good things. And as we know, when it comes to the finals and probably when it comes to winning grand finals, it's the guys that are selected from those sort of brackets, like from 19, 20, 21, 22, the 22nd man, they're the guys sometimes that make the difference. And for the dogs, maybe, I'm not going to mention names or anything like that, but maybe there's a few guys, maybe that's where their depth is really tested. Just going to have to revel in those past premierships for a little while longer. Let's just turn our attention quickly to the game of the round, which was the Roosters' 100 years of prospect oval. And CEO Craig Burton, I don't think, couldn't have been happier with this result. 15-7-97, Glenelg 14-11-95, the second time in two weeks they go down by under a goal. Yeah, tough for the Bays, but how good for North Adelaide, who absolutely turned it on. Uh, thriller of a match. Oh, arm wrestle all day long. Ten lead changes throughout. Mm, that's exactly what you want as a spectator, particularly if you're a Rooster supporter celebrating a milestone match at Prospect. They got the job done. Um, Harris Wig found it a few times. Oh, what, 40 plus? 45. <laughs> 45 disposals, including 34 kicks. Is he still good enough to be playing on an AFL list? Well, He I could mean, never quite crack it at the Crows. Statistics like that would suggest so. I think when Harrison Wig went up to Gold Coast and he did his knee at the wrong time. Yeah. So he would have got opportunities, you would think, there. It's just been a, a matter of bad, or maybe wrong place, definitely wrong time for some injuries and things like that. Does he get another opportunity? Maybe. Is he good enough? Probably. Uh, but we'll see what happens in the meantime. The Roosters are absolutely loving his service. And the, Bra- the I was going to say Brownlow medalist, I'll say the McGarry medalist, Campbell Combe, 30 disposals. Very, very good. Their midfield runs so deep. Aaron Young, Andrew Moore, it's really, really solid. On top of that as well, Matty Snoop was pretty solid with 23 disposals. Luke Partington copped a bit of a knock on the head, mm-hmm. so he was absolutely hindered. But the Bays have now lost a couple of tight ones, which is not surprising because they've won a couple of tight ones. And all of a sudden, this competition is really, really close. This is why you've got to be following your sandful footy because the, the quality of games that have been put out week after week are just of the highest notch. Uh, can we uh, pay just a little bit of homage to the fact that the Central W finals are starting this weekend, Hazy? Uh, so we've got South up against third place Glenelg in the first semi-final at Prospect noon on Sunday. Yep. Uh, and then the next game will be North v Sturt. That's happening at 2.10. So Sanford W finals, if you get an opportunity particularly with the, uh, the state game happening over in Perth. If you can't watch that, definitely get down to Prospect and see some good, solid local footy because, as we know, when it's finals, no matter what's going on, it bumps up just a couple of levels. We've got a big show coming up for you here on the Sandful Show. Matty Rose is going to be joining us, the captain of South Adelaide, and why not take the opportunity to check in with the coach of the Croatia's, the Sandful State team. They're going to be playing this weekend against WA. Go get them, Croatia's. This is the Sandful Show. Thanks to Host Plus. On SENSA, welcome to The Sandful Show. 
for Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians. The Host Plus Sandful League is just warming up. Feeling those game day vibes? Nothing beats it. Wednesday afternoon on your Sandful show, this is SCN with Damon Adams and Andrew Hayes, four-time Central's Premiership star. Hazy, we haven't seen this guy out on the field too much over the last couple of rounds, but his Panthers, they got up for the win over Norwood in a pretty dour affair on the weekend. Absolutely, but it was an important game. Uh, the conditions were absolutely horrendous at times. Um, Matt Rose is the skipper. Rosie, good afternoon. Thanks for having me on. Now, Rosie, I dare say that, uh, look, you're going to say, look, I wish I was out there, all those types of things, I was close, but... When you're sitting in the stands and it's blowing sideways and you can hardly see because it's raining that hard, is there a part of you that says, you know what, maybe we'll just push this back a little week or so? Well, I was actually sitting on the bench, so it was probably, it's probably oh. worse on the bench than actually being out there. Um, that was quite chilly. Uh, Norwood has a little bit of protection, which was good, but um, yeah, it was quite chilly on the bench. I probably would have rather be out there, to be honest. Mate, give us an injury update. So it is a calf. How close are you to returning, do you think? Yeah, it's, it's feeling pretty good. I had a good little run um, over the weekend. So uh, if the buyer wasn't this week, then probably could have been a chance for last week. But pretty confident I'll be um, back out there next week uh, out at Glenelg, hopefully. So do you get to have the blanket while you're sitting on the bench just to keep that calf nice and warm? Or are there judgments from the other players if you uh, got the blankie out? Yeah, I think that'd be frowned upon a little <laughs> bit. You know, they're out there, they're out there um, busting it and we're sitting on the bench. But nah. Uh, you know, Trekkie's pretty warm. I'm I'm pretty um, active on the bench as well, so I was able to manage just to stay pretty warm. Mate, how important, I mean, I know it's still early parts of the season, but how important was that for South Adelaide to get that win, an important win against Norwood Coopers? Yeah, it was. We sort of, um, you know, set ourselves thinking we were both, I guess, two and three going into it, and um, so it's obviously a pretty important game, particularly before the bye, so... Uh, yeah, we set ourselves, and I'm sure Norway did as well. And um, it was a pretty, pretty tight game. They had us um, at half time, but the boys managed to dig pretty deep. And we've been in every game. I think the ones we've won have been close, but the ones we've lost have probably been even closer as well. So, you know, I thought we we deserved it. We've we've been playing pretty well without getting the result the last few weeks before it. So, um, you know, to get that win going into the bye and hopefully get a couple of the boys that are, you know, come back from injuries back and then, yeah, can reset for for another big few weeks. I know you touched on it, but talk about character building wins. I mean, it felt like that Nord weren't 100% in control, but you guys really came up trumps at the right time. Like it's a, I suppose, a solid indication and, and proof to all your players that no matter how hard it gets, you guys can kick into another gear and go to another level. Yeah, that's right. It's been like that the last few weeks, to be honest. We've, we've been behind at half-time and managed to, to get ourselves back in the game. Um, obviously, we'd rather not be behind at half-time, but we do have that belief that, you know, we never give up and our best, you know, can, can score pretty quickly and we get those repeat entries. And, um, so, yeah, that belief's there. It was nice to get a bit of a reward, you know, we've um, done it the last few weeks and then pulled up just short. But, yeah, I thought some of our some of our key position players really stood up, like Garthwaite, Claverino was really good to say. Um, no, it was definitely character building, and I'm sure a lot of the boys will take a fair bit out of that. Speaking of players that are in form, Jai Menzi has had a sensational year to this point. Another two goals on the weekend. We're going to see him play his trade uh, for the Crow Eaters on the weekend. Uh, what's your take on how Jai is playing his football at the moment? Yeah, he's pretty exciting. I think he's only 19 years old. So, you know, to have the impact he did in his first couple of games, and obviously 
gets a little bit harder after that because clubs start putting a fair bit of time into you. But, you know, he works very hard on the track. Um, you know, does a lot of hard running on the on the oval. And, yeah, he's, he's pretty uh, important to us, um, as are other small forwards that we've seen come in as well. So, you know, that hopefully it goes well this week. And, you know, we're looking forward to what he can do for the rest of the year for us as well. Of course, we should also mention Mitch O'Neill and Clay Sampson, who will be fronting up for us as well. Do you take interest in the in the state game, Matt? Will you be uh, watching or listening along? Uh, yeah, I'll be pretty excited to watch them, obviously. Sambo played last year, which was good, but for Mitchy to get an opportunity as though he's been in unreal form to start the year, um, so he definitely deserves it. But no, we came to, we obviously had a good win a couple of years ago when we went over there, so and I think they had a good win last year as well, the boys. So, you know, it's nice to, we keep saying that SNFL is the best comp, and I think it is, so it's always nice, you know, to, to win these games, particularly against, you know, the other competitions. So, Rosie, hopefully we see you floating around in the sample for a, a few more years yet. It, it, is it still on your agenda? Would you, would you, are you still as passionate about playing state footy as you were maybe a couple of years ago, given that, uh, I mean, you've had some issues, some soft tissue injuries? Uh, obviously, representing your state is always, you know, a highlight and, and something you really enjoy doing. But I guess as you get older, it is a bit, you know, particularly when you get the opportunity to, to have these buyers sometimes, you know, they're pretty important as well. So, I don't know, I'd never say no if it popped up, but you just got to wait and see how it's going. It's great. I think they have got a few young boys this, this year, which is great, but they've definitely earned their spot as well. So, particularly over there, you want that bit of speed. And I think, you know, I'm definitely lacking a bit in the speed department. So, it's <laughs> out there. We're speaking of Matt Rose, the captain of the South Adelaide Panthers. Uh, they got the chocolates over Norwood on the weekend. Of course, a bye this week. Uh, Matty, your fourth year... Um, in charge of the club uh, as captain. What's been the, the biggest change throughout that period of time, of course? South have had some success without, uh, you know, getting that elusive premiership. Yeah, it's gone pretty quick, to be honest. I think, obviously, with, with the COVID sort of stuff, it's, you know, all the, the years have sort of blended in and gone gone quite quick. But, you know, there's, there's been a fair few changes. Obviously, it's been good to have Buffer as the coach the the whole time and he's been really good um this year particularly has probably been the biggest transition as we did start have such a big turnover of players so um we've obviously been pretty successful the last two years without getting the ultimate result um, in making grand final and winning one but um yeah this year with, with the new guys coming in it's taken a little bit just to, to gel and hopefully i think definitely our best footy is in front of us this year we definitely feel like we've got the talent out there and each week we're building so um, yeah, that's probably been the biggest change, just the, the personnel, particularly over the last 12 months. But, um, yeah, it was, hopefully we're building towards something pretty special. Rosie, are you a different leader now than you were when you started? Uh, I guess I've sort of had to adapt. When I when I started, I hadn't missed too much footy to injury, like a few little ones here and there. But particularly since 2020, I've missed big chunks of football. So I guess I've sort of tried to work off that leadership off the field, as I've had to do. Um, would rather be out there doing it on the field. But, yeah, I guess I've sort of just kept trying to learn how I can impact and, and help guys, you know, away from, from the oval and then still have an impact on game day without actually being out on the field. So, yeah, I think I've definitely transitioned in, in that sort of aspect. One of the biggest talking points this week has been discussion of player feedback, whether that's coming from coach or internally within the team. How do you like to receive your feedback, Matty? Uh, do you like, a, you know, kind of like a, a softer approach or... Do you like a coach that hits it right between the eyes? Yeah, 
I mean, I've been playing long enough, so I think between the eyes is, is works for me. But obviously, you need to have that relationship um, with the coach. If that just happened and the relationship wasn't there, it's going to be difficult. So um, I think there's definitely you know a time and place for both, and it changes from each individual. So it's coaches these days are really good at understanding you know what what works for different guys. Um, but essentially, the biggest thing is just building those relationships before before it gets to that point. Um, and I think all coaches are pretty good at doing that these days. So just just one more question on this space. So a young player coming through and you're the skipper, can you give him a spray or is that old school, old methods that don't work in today's football society? Uh, that's tough. I think it would come down to each individual. Um, and I think obviously if that does happen, it's it's the sort of follow-up stuff that's, that's really important after that or you know, the relationship building before that, so when it happens, they know it's coming from a, you know, a good place or the right place, and then that follow-up conversation after is, you know, pretty essential, because otherwise it's not really going to help anyone, is it? So, yeah, that's my take on it, but, yeah, I think it changes from person to person. So you didn't write down some of the uh, speeches that you got from uh, Jimmy Mickledron at the Port Magpies <laughs> a few years ago? <laughs> no, I didn't. Um, I remember some of the speeches off the field, but not too many of the ones on it. But, um, no, nah, he was a good leader. He was a good leader. He's a good man, Jimmy. Saturday week, it's the Panthers against the Tigers. That's going to be a pretty stiff competition, although Glenelg has gone down in a couple of close ones in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, Glenelg is always tough, and we've got Eagles the week after. So, you know, a big few weeks for, for the footy club. Um, yeah, Glenelg seems to have added a lot of close ones. They manage usually to... to you know, find a way to, to get over the line with the talent they have. But obviously the last couple of weeks they've fallen on the other side of it. So I'm sure they'll be um, pretty keen to to get that um, winning winning form back. So, yeah, it'll be a big test for us. But, you know, just another great opportunity for, for us to keep building, I guess, and establish ourselves going in the direction we want to and get back into that top five. Well, Maddie, we can't wait to see you get back out on field. Hopefully that calf uh, mends itself up so we see you out against the Tigers on Saturday week. Uh, all the best for the rest of the South guys that are fronting up in the state game. Thank you so much for joining us. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me on. South Adelaide captain Matt Rose. This is the Sandville Show with Andrew Hayes and Damon Adams. Thanks to Host Plus. On SENSA, you're listening to the Sandville Show for Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians. The Host Plus Sandville League is just warming up. Feeling those game day vibes? Nothing beats it. Sample show for SEN with Damon Adams and Andrew Hayes. Hazy, each week we like to turn back the clock and look at a past player, a great of the sample. Mm, a great of the sample, and jeez, I mean, did we go to the top shelf this week? We're talking uh, one of the greats from the Bloods, former AFL player too, mind you, uh, and most importantly, a Bloods Premiership player who's still in the system as an assistant coach uh, out at West Adelaide. His name is Adam Hartlett. Hartie, good afternoon. Thank you, Hazy. It's um, yeah, it's, it was a bit of a surprise to get the, uh, the text <laughs> coming out yesterday, mate, and uh, and asked to be on the show. But it's an absolute pleasure. I love uh, obviously talking footy and talking about the bloods, and and more importantly, talking about myself. So what I will say is that um, you've got players who leave their heart and soul on the field, and you're one of them, Adam. Um, you're also one of those players who. Um, leave their heart and soul at the nightclub. So 2015, <laughs> 2015, you win a flag with West Adelaide. Take us through what that was like for you. I got to see you in full action and you celebrated very well, but it was a really, really special time and a great experience. Uh, it was huge, mate. I, um, 
yeah, after, you know, sort of the uh, disappointment of being let go by Carlton um, at the end of 2010, uh, sorry, 2009, I, you know, my focus for me uh, was to get back to West Adelaide and, um, and to either play 100 games of senior footy for the club uh, and get my name up on an honour board or, or win a premiership. And I was, I was lucky enough through my seven years to, to tick off the premiership. Um, after having um, some disappointment in 2012, we went down to Norwood uh, in a grand final, uh, bombed out in a prelim the year after, and, and then really bottomed out uh, with under Mark Mickens' first year at the club, uh, where we just tried to tank for a few things. Uh, and I was just thinking to myself, geez, <laughs> I don't know if this, this premiership's coming around anytime soon, but um, yeah, 2015, it, it all sort of clicked, and we got great people to the club, including folks like yourself, Hazy, and Obviously, Justin Hardy had tasted lots of premiership success at at, uh, at the Doggies. So, um, yeah, we just uh, got things going at the right time. We snuck into third place, got the double chance, and um, were able to knock off the Eagles um, in the GF. And um, yeah, as you mentioned, mate, it, it it was just it was one of the the highlights for me as a as a uh, athlete and a footballer. Um, to win a premiership at state league level and, um, as you mentioned, celebrated accordingly. <laughs> accordingly. I, I was working for my mum at the time. She, she got me back into work on the Wednesday and I was pretty oh. rough still for a couple of days. But I reckon Brad Helbig's still going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I reckon you're, you're right. What was his little, his little uh, <laughs> saying? I, I won one. And, and I think I, I've heard yeah. him say that about uh, two or three times a day uh-huh. ever since then. So... Um, and the other thing is, it was Tuesday. So the, the big day is Tuesday at, at the brewery. And obviously, things are going to change up uh, now in the last sort of couple of years because the brewery doesn't really exist anymore. But I just remember seeing you guys turn up, uh, just a pack of absolute disheveled messes. <laughs> yeah. uh, most blokes were just pale white. I just remember thinking, well, I know it was Sunday, but you've gone far too hard on a Monday and you guys didn't time this too well, but somehow no. you broke through and celebrated accordingly. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was funny. That was a, gr- a ripping day. Like that's just iconic that, that day at the brewery where you, you, you just uh, lock yourselves into a little function center. And um, obviously after unveiling the flag, but w- watch the, the replay of the grand final and reminisce a little bit um, whilst having a couple of West Ends and some pizza as well. It's it's a cracking day. Um, and oh, it's a bit gross, this story, but we're on the little bus, <laughs> on the bus on the way down there and I was sitting next to Riley Neal and he was turning a bit green and um, he, he grabbed a box of pizza shapes and just held his guts up straight into the oh, into this box shapes oh yeah so you're not wrong we were pretty disheveled at that point and hadn't timed our run too well but um i don't think we've changed too much hopefully the celebrations post didn't cloud the memory of how the 2015 grand final actually played out is there a moment from that game that stands out to your heart um oh it it, to be honest I, i do reflect on that day a lot and i just i can't believe how quick the day went I, I just remember getting to quarter time and going shit like we're, we're playing good footy here and we're up and we, we sustain this for another you know um, hour and a half and we're, we're home kind of thing and um, the, the funniest story out of that day is um, Shannon Green kicked uh, a goal at like the 28 minute mark of the final quarter to put a six goals up 
and um, and Phil, uh, Aaron Filkey ran past me and he was smiling and goes, we've got this heart. And I, I was just like in the zone and I was just like, bro, like, I was swearing at him like, get back to your position, switch on, like it's not <laughs> over yet. Because I was just petrified that, that in the next 30 seconds of footy, Eagles were going to go on a heater and kick eight goals. <laughs> you know, I just, I was just so in the zone and in, I, I wish I could, could have just relaxed a little bit and soaked up the last five minutes of, of the game and, you know, soaked the crowd in and, but man, I was just like that. There was something I just wanted so bad to win that premiership, and I was just like, I'm, I'm playing this out until the final siren kind of thing. So, uh, the, yeah, it's funny. I, I just remember cooking uh, filks, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, it was a bit of a funny one. Oh, mate, it was so fun to watch you guys celebrate, and just the fans as well. It's so. I suppose refreshing or it really touches when you see fans that are genuinely in tears because they've been starved of premiership success and all those types of things. Just before we let you go as well, it would be criminal of me not to bring up. uh, I mean, could you call, I I wouldn't call it a career highlight, but just um, (laughs) a very interesting moment in your playing career. Take us through, and I've seen it via uh, meme form about six or seven times. This uh, player-to-fan interaction involving Adam Hartlett, I reckon the bloods be stirred one day. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> the uh, it was a game at West Adelaide. We were stinking it up um, throughout the course of the season. We'll play in 10-1 to 1 to win this game against Sturt, who were flying at the top of the ladder. And um, I remember before the, the game, Chris Schmitty, Chris Schmidt was our... Uh, captain at the time, my captain, and he brought all the players into the meeting room, kicked all the coaches out, and he just said, boys, let's just get into these blokes today. I don't care if you start fights, this and that and everything else. And I'm just like, you beauty, let's go. <laughs> I and, up. Um, <laughs> and so I've, we've warmed up our warm-up, gone out to our positions, and I've lined up uh, centre-half back on their skipper at the time. Oh, his name is... Escapes me. It shouldn't escape me because he's absolutely done. Was it? Was yes. it Michael Code. Yeah, Michael Code. Yeah, yeah. And so a bit of push and shove, a few words, um, jumper punches, and then he actually cocked one back and landed one on my chin before the bounce. So I reciprocated. The umpire <laughs> saw it, and uh, they kicked it. They kicked a goal before the games even started. And of course, all the Sturt supporters there are just into me. Um, and then half time rolls around, and Schmidty's getting tagged. We're, we're, I think we we're just up, and um, Schmidty was getting tagged, and he grabbed me, Ben Fisher, and maybe one or two others, and said, "Look, I'm I'm going to whack this guy, but when I do, you've got to be there to look after me, kind of thing." So there's a ball up, there's a stoppage at centre wing in front of the grandstand, and and um, we're sort of waiting around for the umpire to, you know, organise the, the stoppage and, and you just hear someone get thumped. And yeah. Schmidty, I look up, Schmidty's like, eyes are white and he's sprinting towards me with a few other Sturt players after him. <laughs> and, uh, and then it was on from there and it was just like a, it was a brawl. And the umpire's flicked the ball up to try and uh, break it up and the ball's gone down through for a point. And anyway, I've come out of this scuffle and, um, and, run down to take the kick in. And as I've leant over to, to pick the ball up, this, I've seen out of the corner of the eye, this third supporter come down and he's given me a mouthful of lip. And um, as he leant over the fence to 
berate me, I yeah, just gave him a little clip. So <laughs> uh, I, I, I didn't see much of it. And then um, Graham Barton, who uh, was on the board at the time, is was a copper, and he said, oh, you, you're going to be in some trouble there, mate. And uh, Anyway, I ended up copping four weeks for it. And, um, yeah, yeah, oh. it, it's... Uh, it's not one of my proudest moments. I'd like to think I conquered a bit more on the footy field than uh, and some supporter. But uh, it's yeah, in hot, it's it is it's yeah. It, it, that's just what I was like though. I was just I, I had this white line fever, uh, and it's funny meeting players um, out on the town or outside of footy. They just can't believe how different I am to when I am on the field. I just get so competitive and so passionate about my teammates and. Uh, the jumper I'm wearing that I tend to do some silly things, but, um, Oh, well, no regrets. I, I was one of them. <laughs> I, I was absolutely one of them. I, we played a couple of games uh, against you uh, for the Dogs, and I reckon you, um, Michael Code style, cocked one back and got a few of the Dogs boys. <laughs> and we go, this guy's, this, yeah. there's something wrong with this guy. And then I'd, I'd bump oh, into no. you at Mansions, and we'd have uh, one of the best nights ever. <laughs> That's right, <laughs> I know. Uh, and it's, yeah, I've, I've run into a few players and they're, they're just like, their head's spinning. They're expecting me to be some psycho um, off the field. But no, it's just uh, once I cross the wall line, unfortunately, the, uh, yeah, the brain goes a bit foggy. He's one of the great personalities of the sand. For the prodigal son returned home to the Bloods, the 2015 Premiership star, uh, and now assistant coach Adam Hartlett, mate. If you want to catch up with the full podcast of that extended version, there's more stories to be told. Make sure you jump on the Sandful Show podcast. Search for that. Adam Hartlett, thanks so much for joining us, mate. No, thanks for having me, guys. Pleasure. Adam Hartlett was our guest. This is the Sandful Show. Thanks to Host Plus. On SENSA, you're listening to the Sandful Show. The Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians. The Host Plus Sandful League is just warming up. Feeling those game day vibes? Nothing beats it. The Sandful Show with David Adams and Andrew Hayes. It's been a fantastic show so far. A buy in the Sandful this week, but we are making way because the Crow Eaters are heading west to take on the Sand Gropers. And they're going to be led by this man, Jade Sheedy. He, of course, is the coach of Woodville West Torrance. Jade, thanks for joining us, mate. No worries, boys. How are we? Doing very well, very mate. Well, thanks, uh, Jade. It, it's, it's an exciting week, Jade. Uh, when when do you guys fly across? Uh, we fly across Saturday morning around 10 a.m., I believe. So um, we'll train, get the group um, full-time this week, which will be exciting, the 23, and we've got our main session tonight at 7 and Oval, and then um, the captain's run on, on Thursday at 7 and Oval, and... Um, then we, we fly across on Saturday and we'll do a jump presentation over in um, WA on Saturday night and all have a meal together and, and then we play Sunday. So, yeah, it's going to be really exciting format, one we're looking forward to. Leading the, uh, the, the state team, Jade, how difficult is the process of taking a squad down to a, a playing group, shortening the pool from 38 to 23? Yeah, it's, it is tough. I mean, all 38, you could easily pick any of them and, and you get lots of feedback <laughs> so, <Yeah>. around <laughs> around how you do it but you know I guess for us there is a bit of method behind our madness so I think that um, we're pretty role driven I, I think what's important in a one soft format like this is that we give people clear roles understand that we don't have a lot of time to 
talk to them about ball movement and, you know, our offence and our defence, there'll be a couple of clear principles around what that looks like. But for us, it's more around the role they're playing and what that looks like and then really let them play. So I feel like if we can be organised around our roles um, and making sure what each individual needs to know, then as a collective, we come we come together as a team and, and hopefully have some good connection and can put that together on game day. Man, it's it's too hard to analyse and all things like that. But I mean, what is the word from the waffle? Is the waffle strong at the at the minute? Will, will the sample actually go into this um, contest as the favourites? Not sure, Hazy. Like I think I haven't done a lot of oppo analysis analysis at the minute. To be honest, like we've only just picked our squad and we'll look and we've been coaching it at club level, so we'll look more in depth into that this week and and see what they look like. But I know they're. Um, picking a pretty youthful squad, uh, I believe, and one that can run. And, and that'll be our challenge at Optus Oval is to try and get our mix right. And we believe we've got that mix right with our our inside contest players and then our outside run so we can um, match them on the outside and, and try and beat them in, uh, inside. So that that's our method on, on Sunday. We've been watching the, the teams in Western Australia with interest over the last couple of weeks, Jade, but because, of course, the AFL teams in West Coast and Frio have been, well, not decimated, but they've been hit hard by the COVID outbreak. Has there been any impact on the waffle? We know some waffle players have been needed for West Coast. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think that there's been some waffle players that have been named in the squad that have been playing for West Coast. So. Okay. Depending on, depending on what they look like this week against Melbourne, um, yeah, there might be some players that they might have pencilled in to play in the state game that actually might be helping out West Coast. So obviously won't know that till probably later in the week. But, yeah, that's how it looks, I guess, when when West Coast have only had 21 and, and numbers like that to choose from. So, yeah, that could impact their waffle team for sure. But, uh, I hate to see players miss out last second because of injury. And that's what's going to happen with Paddy Wilson with the shoulder. And the other one as well, which I'm a big fan of, is, is Rory Lehman and his job on the weekend on Charlie Dixon. Um, take us through that. Was it a, a late-game hamstring? Yeah, it was. It was It was third quarter, um, three-quarter time. And with Rory, and he thought he was fine, and the, and the doctors gave us some different advice. And, uh, you know, he's too important to us to risk and, and we were up by a few goals at three quarter time and the, and the game you know wasn't done dusted that's for sure but I think Rory's health and um, and moving forward for Rory you know we need him long term so we made the decision and he's had a scan this morning there's not much there but he would have missed this week um, so hopefully for us you know it's not great news for Rory because he you know he would have probably played in the state game and he's looking forward to it but He'll, he'll miss this week and then hopefully be right for the Crows uh, on Friday night when, after the state game. Jeez, he would have gone in with some confidence as well. How's that for preparation, taking on Charlie Dixon? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Charlie obviously needs a run as well and he and he looked, he definitely looked dangerous at times. But, um, yeah, I think I think for Charlie it's probably um, it's hard on him sometimes, isn't it? Because everyone wants to play him and they want to do well. So, um, for Rory, he was... He was really keen for the challenge to play and obviously one of the premier forwards in the AHL competition. Yeah, we thought he did a good job. Talking to coach of the Crow Eaters, Jade Sheedy, of course, is also the coach of Woodville West Torrent. Uh, Jade, do you get excited to bring great players from other teams into the fold and to be able to lead them when you're coaching the state? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's a great format. I think one thing that the Sands on the Waffle still do really well is, is that 
SA, you know, state league footy and, and the rivalry in terms of um, playing each other is still well and truly alive. We've seen probably the VFL drop off now with obviously their format with the AFL teams and, and what that looks like at the competition. So I think for us, um, yeah, the ability to, to, for our players to play at the highest level they can and playing off the stadium before AFL and, you know, hopefully give them an extra chance to get drafted and, and little things like that is great reward for their effort that they put in throughout the year. So it's it's funny when they all get together, though, because I guess they're the best of the best, but when they all get together, they're, they're quite shy and they're not sure. So <laughs> yeah. I guess my I guess my job is to try and make them um, mingle and, 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 yeah, get out of their skin a little bit and, and get to know each other a bit better and, and you know, be a good teammate and because soon they'll be playing together. Um, in terms of some of your offsiders, take us through the coaching panel because I believe Adam Hartlett's going to make the journey across. I think he's in charge of defenders. Correct me if I'm wrong, but um, you better get a win and he'll be in charge of uh, what happens from there. <laughs> yeah, so Hartlett will do the... Arts will, Arts will do the uh, Arts will do the backs and Jade Rawlings will do the mids from Norwood and Jacob Surgeon will do the forwards um, from North Adelaide. So I think it's important that we um, give other coaches in the SNFL an opportunity to be involved in the state program like like the players get involved. So we've had some, some coaches over the journey that have, that have had a bit of a go at it and, yeah, we feel that um, we can continue to evolve coaches as well as players and all, all the coaches are really keen to get involved and we feel like we've got some good balance with our coaching group in there. Sheed, you mentioned off the top that you haven't done a lot of opposition analysis yet. Do you think coming in to a game like this, it's more important to look at what WA bring to the table or is it just about getting South Australia's structure right with a whole bunch of players that may not be so familiar with each other? I think it's an 80-20 rule. I think, you know, 80% is on us and 20% is a bit on opposition. And you, to be fair, you know, you can watch tape and, and review it, but until you sort of see it live, you sort of work it out on the fly a little bit with, with opposition sometimes around who's doing well and what they look like and what they're trying to do. So it'll be more watching it and seeing it on game day from opposition, I think. And, yeah, like you said, for us, it's important that, each player knows that they're playing a role and what they look and and I guess what that looks like and then they can they can play to their strengths from there. You know we want to encourage them to play with the freedom and uh, make sure that they're that they're playing really well. But I guess yeah, each player will have a certain role that will try and help the team win as well. Well, you're not going to be able to get across and watch the Croatas live, but you can hear it right here live on SEN 12:30 Sunday, the live broadcast of the Waffle taking on the Sandful under the guise of Coach Jade Sheedy. Thanks so much for joining us, Jade. All the best for the weekend. Anytime, boys. Have a good day. It's going to be a fantastic state game, Hazy. Really looking forward to that action. Uh, absolutely. Nice road trip as well. That's as uh, probably as fun as it gets <laughs> to be able to go over there to WA and hopefully the boys get a big win and um, have a really nice, healthy night at the... Um, it's not club the West Coast Eagles got done. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the hippie club or whatever. Yeah, it was. the hippie <laughs> club. Stay away, guys. Hey, it's been a pleasure. Another full sandful show. Make sure you catch up with the podcast as well. You just need to on your favourite podcast platform search for the sandful show. Absolutely. And don't forget as well, sandful W finals this weekend. Yes. So if you get an opportunity, uh, the Bay is taking on the Panthers from twelve o'clock at Prospect Oval, and then straight after that, the second semi final will be the Roosters taking on Sturt. So. 
Go down, support local final. Sample W finals need uh, as much support as possible. And it's going to be a really solid high standard of football. That's it for the Sandful Show this week. We'll catch you again next Wednesday here thanks to Host Plus. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.